Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, this is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to My Bible Study. Glory to God, we're so glad you're joining us today. We are blessed each and every time we can gather together around the Word of God. It means so much to your spirit when you actually study what God has to say and not listen to what man has to say. Amen. And that's our prayer as we go through this, that the Holy Spirit be speaking through me, through his word, through me to you to encourage you, to give you hope, to share the word of God, that the the life of God could come to you and give life to your spirit, man. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll go ahead and get started in today's study. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you for all that you've done for us. Most of all, offering the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Lord, we pray that your word would go forth today through the power of the internet, touching people's hearts and changing their lives all across this world. We thank you, Lord, for your word that we're going to study today. And we thank you, Lord, that, that you would, your spirit would lead, guide, and direct the conversation to bless people's hearts and change their lives forever. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Glory to God. We, in Genesis chapter 12, we're going to study beginning today in verse 2 or 3. Yeah, that's as far as we got last time was verse 1 and 2 right in that area. I told you it's going to take us a while, right? But God says to Abram, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that blesses you and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, in addition to God's call, you know, it, God's call comes with a, a lot of great promises. Hallelujah. And when God calls us or moves us in our lives, you know, many times he doesn't give us reasons or you know, answers the questions of our curiosity. He may not even answer questions like, well, why or what for? Why have I got to do this? Sometimes he doesn't even tell, he doesn't even tell us where or how, but he always gives us promises. You know, in Scripture, God gives conditional promises and unconditional promises. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's an unconditional promise. Give and it shall be given unto you again is a conditional promise. In order to have something be given to you, you have to give first, right? With Abraham, God seems to give a conditional promise that later becomes unconditional, right? Uh, and we'll re- we're reading here, and then it becomes conditional back in Genesis 15. But God says to him, leave. Where? And to a land I'll show you about. If you leave, then I will make of you a great nation and bless you. All of Abraham's promises were based on what? His obedience to God. And what was it he was supposed to obey in? Leave. Leave who? Your family. Leave your land. Leave your culture. Leave your material wealth behind. 
just leave. Pack up and leave. Now, as we consider these promises, they have very specific applications to our call and walk of faith as well. I mean, what promises did God give to Abraham? Let's look at this. God promised to give Abraham land. Right? Go to the land I will show you of, God said. This promise is later expanded in Genesis uh, chapter 12, verse 7. We'll get down to it. To your offspring, I will give this land. God promised to give Abraham's descendants the land of Canaan. Uh, hello, he didn't have any kids. But that was the promise God made, right? You have to, you have to understand, uh, God's promise of a land was not just earthly, just not dirt, right? It was also a heavenly promise, heavenly land. The writer of Hebrews says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger traveling in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. Hallelujah. Now, Abraham never received the land he was living in while he was living in it. Right? He always lived as a foreigner in tents. However, his true hope was in the heavenly city. That was Canaan, Canaan land was just a, a type and shadow, but Abraham's hope was in the land to come. Amen. That should be true for us as well. We shouldn't be too concerned about what we have here on this earth. I mean, it's it's nice to be comfortable. It's nice to have possessions, and it's nice to have some money coming in. But our concern should not be for what we have in this land, but what we have in the land to come. Amen. God has a call for us on earth, including a territory, a ministry, you know, for us to spread his name and his fame, if you want Put it like that. It may be a group of people. It may be to a city. It may even be a ministry to a nation and or to the world for that matter. But if we are obedient and God opens the door to that ministry and he blesses it if we obey. However, our primary calling is a heavenly calling. That's where we need to focus. We must never, ever let our earthly calling or our successes, or our disappointments that come with it, dim the great call that we have in heaven. Amen? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Glory to God. That must be our primary pursuit and our primary focus, our primary endeavor is to be a blessing for when we get to heaven. Because everything else really should not matter. Amen? So God promised to make Abraham what? A great nation. Remember, it's him, his wife, their nephew, or his nephew, and then a few servants. He says, I'm going to make of you a great nation, Abraham. Now, at the time that Abraham received this promise, he didn't have any kids. His original name, Abram, meant exalted father. Well, his later name, Abraham, meant father of a multitude. In that culture, it was considered a curse and it was shameful to not have any children. 
I mean, you can imagine the Snickers every time Cape Abraham int- or Abram introduced himself. He goes, "Hi, I'm Jack. Hi, my name's Abram. Really? How many kids do you have? Oh, none. Oh, okay. Right? Abraham and his wife, for all those years, bore great shame, and that was a great burden on him because he didn't have any kids. It was." Abraham, uh, Sarai's womb was closed up. She was incapable. Well, we don't know if it was, you know, they, they naturally blame the woman, right, because of the culture and the time the Bible was written. We don't know. Maybe Abraham was firing blanks. We don't know, all right? But we do know they didn't have any kids, all right? So, you know, that was a, a problem that he had to bear on a daily basis. Hi. I'm an exalted father. Oh, really? How many kids you got? Well, I don't have any. Oh, okay then. So here God promised to remove that curse, remove that shame, and not only give them a child, but to bring a great nation. What is a nation? You know, the the actual translation, if you go to the concordance, nation means uh, ethnic group or a tribe. It was going to be a great tribe of people that came from Abram. Right? So when we think of a nation... As this country, right? That's what you usually think of as a nation, as a country, a huge landmass with a lot of people in it. But like I said, it just means a tribe. So God's telling that he would be the father of a huge tribe, a huge tribe of people, that ultimately his tribe would bless the entire world. Amen. Don't shout me down, we're preaching good. This is good stuff. Amen. This nation would become what we call the nation of Israel. It was to Israel that God gave his covenant and his laws. He dwelled among them, living in the tabernacle and later the temple. It was through this nation, not living, but dwelling in. It was through this nation that the Messiah was going to come and bless the entire world. So God's promises are ringing true, amen? The nation of Israel is truly a great nation because of the spiritual lineage that came through them. And since they can trace their lineage to Abraham, and we've already studied how we can trace from Abraham all the way back to Adam and Eve and the creation in the garden. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. But currently, there's there's about 7 million people, I guess, in Israel, maybe a bit more. But yet the entire world of 3.3 billion people centers all of their news around what happens in Israel. Think about it. If something occurs in Israel, the whole world pays attention, don't they? Right? Three point, I guess it's maybe even more now, but we'll just say three and a half billion people are concerned about what happens to six or seven million people. Some of them want the six or seven million people to be annihilated and wiped off the face of the earth. Some of them want them to prosper and be blessed. Some of them could care less what happens, but how does it affect me? That's their attitude on these things. But, you know, the point I'm trying to make is God's still using a tribe to bless the entire world, and the entire world is taking notice of what happens with that tribe. Now, in addition, the scriptures teach that the church came through Abraham. Galatians 3 verse 7 says that we are children of Abraham because of our faith in Jesus Christ. 
Amen. He is the father of all who believe in God. It's through him and through his lineage that God chose to bring redemption. Amen. In a sense, the, the, this promise is true about us and our callings as well. God's desire is for us to have children, not just physical children, but spiritual children. In 1 John 2, verses uh, 12, I think, I think 12, 13, right in that area, John writes to, uh, to fathers, sons, and children, doesn't he? Every, each believer is in one of those three stages. But God's will is for all of us to become fathers and mothers of other children. Right? If you are a born-again believer and you just, you're just starting your spiritual walk, you are a children. You are, you're a young child in Christ, spiritually. As you mature, you know, you start studying the Word, you go to conferences, you're taking notes in, in your uh, sermons at churches or here on, the, on what we're teaching. You're taking notes, you're learning, you're listening to preaching on television, you're, you're hearing these sermons on the radio, you're learning. Oh, wow, the Bible really says that. Okay, now when you're in a conversation with someone else, you can repeat it because you now know this, right? So you become, And what do children do? They imitate their fathers, right? So you start off as a young child. Now you're mature. You become a son or a daughter, right, of Christ. And then you become where you're sharing your faith with someone. They receive Christ as their Savior you now have a spiritual son or a spiritual daughter. Oh, don't shout me down on that one. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. That's how you give birth in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But every believer is one of those three stages, right? This means that we are giving birth, leading people to Christ discipling them so they can grow up and have their own children. Now you can become grandparents of children in the faith. Praise the Lord. God's call for us is to raise up a nation, a tribe, right? I'm not talking about a country. God's calling is for us to raise up a nation, a tribe of people who love and follow him. That's our purpose in life. That is our purpose in life. Now, God promises also to bless Abram. He says, I will bless you. That word bless, that's a rich word. Excuse the pun, right? It can be translated happy. God's blessing brings joy to the life of a person, no matter the circumstances they find themselves in. You know, you see the circumstances that you're living in today, but yet you can have joy in the Lord. You could be, you know, a multi-billionaire, and you're using your money to fund nonprofits and and you know, you're, you know, all this fundraising, my tongue's tied, right? And you're blessing people with it. And it brings you joy. You could be homeless, but ministering to other homeless people. And when they receive Christ, it gives you joy. So no matter, even Paul said, I've learned to be content wherewith I am, right? It doesn't matter. Where you're at, what's happening, as long as you have Jesus, you have joy. And God's blessings bring joy to a person. Blessings has to do with approval. When a man wants to marry a woman, what does he do? 
Well, I don't know so much anymore, but back in my day, uh, you went to the Father to get his blessing, right? Meaning he had to approve whether or not he was going to allow you to marry his daughter. Abraham would be approved by God for his obedience. But it also has the connotation of favor. God was going to place his favor on Abraham's life as we three as we see as we continue through the story. God prospers him with wealth. So that's part of the blessing. He gives him a baby. That's part of the blessing. When he and his wife were already well past childbearing age. You know, most people would say, it's not happening. I just give up. Matter of fact, Sarah did that, didn't she? She said, look, Abe, I know God said you're going to have a son, but it's probably not going to be by me. I'm going to let you have it through my servant girl, Hagar. And you go into her, have a, have a son, and we'll raise it as our own. Now, you know, here's 70-year-old Abraham looking at, you know, 60-year-old, uh, or I guess, I guess at the time it'd be, what, I guess he's close to 80, 80 years old, looking at 70-year-old Sarai, 80-year-old Abraham looking at 70-year-old Sarai, and he looks over at 20-year-old Hagar, back over at 80-year-old, back over at Hagar, says, sounds like God to me. And then the result was an Ishmael. Ishmael is a compromise. How many promises has God given you that you compromised on? And when you compromised, the result was an Ishmael. How many Ishmaels do you have in your life right now? Right? I'm not even going to start naming examples. But I know I got a lot of them in my life. Where we compromised on what God said to do. Adding our own little bit to it. And the result was an Ishmael. I'll let that go and let that just ponder in your heart and you talk to God about it and repent of that. The point I'm trying to make is when we obey God's promises we get and, and do what he tells us to do, obey, then we get the blessings he also promised to us for obeying. Right? The greatest blessing, obviously, is God's presence in our life. God would speak with Abraham and visit his house. And we'll read that in Genesis 18. Scripture calls Abraham God's friend. Praise God, right? This is true for us as well. Faithful obedience brings God's blessings in our life. In fact, we see a similar promise over in Psalms chapter 1. God blesses the man who stays away from the path of the wicked. Hallelujah. Stop doing evil, God will bless you. Even as Abraham left his idolatrous home that we studied last time, left that idolatrous country that was worshiping a moon god, and someone who delights in God's law, and the Bible says, meditate on God's word day and night. Amen? God's promise to us is he'll bless everything that we do in obedience to him. Abraham was a man who obeyed God, and therefore, since he obeyed God, he received God's promised blessings. Will you obey God? Will you receive, do you want to receive God's blessings in your life? Start obeying what God tells you to do. That's the first step in receiving God's blessings. Obey 
what God says to do, and God will bless you. There's the formula right there. That's the formula for success right there. You need a job? Help somebody else. You know, if, if you're unemployed right now, go shovel somebody's sidewalk if it's snowing. Go cut your neighbor's grass if it's summer. You see someone carrying some, you know, uh, furniture into the house, and you know, it's neighbor two, three houses down. And you don't have nothing to do. Go over there and help them out. So something that God can work with. You don't know when you go down and help that neighbor two, three houses down. They're just moving in. You go up and introduce yourself. Hey, I live over here. You know, I see you're moving in. I don't have nothing to do for the next couple of hours. You want me to give you a hand carrying this stuff in? All right. Who knows if through that conversation, you know, you're helping this guy move in. He says, so uh, what do you do, Bob? Well, I'm unemployed right now. I'm looking for a job. But, you know, my, uh, I've been in CPA or accountant or whatever it is you do, right? And the guy, really? He goes, I own such and such business in town, and our accountant is retiring in, at the end of this month. What a coincidence. Would you, would you like to come to work for us? Oh, yeah, sure. And how did that work? Because you obey God to go two, three houses down, introduce yourself to someone you don't even know, and offer to help them carry their furniture in the house. You see how that works? You blessed somebody, now God can bless you. And he opens doors no man may shut. Praise God, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Somebody just got that. Somebody that heard me just now or watched me on video just got that. They're like, yeah. Amen. Praise God. Now take action. Glory to God. Now, many people forfeit God's blessing by not obeying Him. Amen. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good on that one. They're living in compromise. They're living in disobedience. You need to obey God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse-by-verse verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving. Please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash my Bible study podcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.